Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Steph March. I'm here with Alex Laudner today. Hello. And we tend to be talking about Thanksgiving. <laughs> We tend we to go be, off the rails. We a tend, lot. yeah. We have we have a lot of side, you know, chats and all these sorts of things. But I hope you guys are with us and um, just getting excited for the big feast that's coming in three weeks. We like to think of this as a countdown, and um, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, for me, everyone who's listened to this show for the past fifteen years, any of you, know that this is, of course, like my favorite holiday. And it just is because it's like it just means family and eating together. That's what it means. So you're a great host. I thank you. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it's good. I hope, and it's easy to be a host if you are if you have fun with it and you don't sweat the small stuff. That's how I think of it. Um, okay, so guess what time it is? It's time for top two in hour two. Give me the old one two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two in hour two. All right, so it is the time of the show that we talk about the things that we are in love with or can't stop thinking about. And uh, um, do you want to go first with your first one? No, you go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll go first with my first one. Um, My first one is going to (laughs) be how ridiculously excited I am for the Asia Mall to open (laughs) in Eden Prairie. (laughs) Can't even. Why Why Eden Prairie, though? Well, I'm okay with it. If you think about it, like... But you're used to living way out. I And I'm yeah. not so far from Eden Prairie. I'm like right. 10 minutes from right. Eden Prairie. And I get it. But like, it's also like nobody, there's nothing like it in the Western side. I mean, you know, right. United Noodle, Schwanger, all these other, everybody's kind of, St. Paul has places, Minneapolis has places. I would even say that Woodbury has United Noodle now. Yes, they do. So then nobody's out in my neck of the woods doing a beautiful, For big sure. thing. I apologize to Thank Eden Prairieers. <laughs> I'm, I'm advocating it they because compl- you're 100 percent right. It's and and it's kind of close, and it's there's a whole stretch of of uh, so if you are if you don't know what we're talking about, Asia Mall is going to be the uh, takeover of the old Gander Mountain in Eden Prairie that you could see from the highways. And guess what, you guys? It is spectacular. I got to walk through. Of course, you did. I know. I saw. I went with uh, uh, the family who owns Fomai. Okay. And they're they're oh, they're ready. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. they're they're the ones who, by the way, opened the mochi donut and the yes, uh, Bober Bober tea in Dinky Town. Uh, right. And so then yes, so that's the same family. And then yes. so they're bringing that out there too. So not only does their space on the lower level of this giant mall now going to be you know fahmai and they're going to have really great pandan cakes and everything else they're oh also going to have mochi donuts yeah so it's going to be great so what it is is like basically they've redone this whole space this whole mall this whole gander mountain and created um an upper level mezzanine where there's a couple different restaurants a boba you know a couple boba tea shops some retail things like that there's a hot pot restaurant and then downstairs there's a couple other restaurants you know this fa mai and there's um a hong kong specialties place and then this entire center is an asian grocery store and i'm telling you that i walked by the seafood counter what's going to be the seafood counter mm-hmm. insane giant insane Wow. I don't think we have a seafood place, even Coastal Seafoods, which is wonderful and awesome. But small. It is. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is going to be great. Oh, fun. So it's going to be I, a lot I need of fun. to know if the elk will still be there. I don't think it is. Okay. I think it's gone. 
Yeah, okay. I know. Okay. But there are so, other things. So that's my first one. So I'm excited that fun. they're going to open next week. Fumai is going to open softly kind of next week. I was week wondering, dish. so is it going to be it's sort of roll. a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It's going to roll. Like, it's not going to all be open at once. There's little parts will open, and then sure. I think they're doing a slow thing. I think they're worried that it's going to get slammed, too. So. Huh? So well, hopefully good problem to have. I know. So my thing, I love eating in bowl form. Do you yes. eat in bowl form? So easy. I love it. Well, I how love did we grow up without foods. it? Foods. You know, the people <laughs> that the people that separate their foods, that's no. I love Ooh. mixing all my food. Yeah. And sweet green. Sweet sweet green is my new obsession. I know it's a national chain. I had some in LA when I was just there. It's so good. And I had Chef Ann Kim's bowl have you had it i haven't had it oh my gosh is it so so good it's so so good they have a spicy minnesota spicy cashew dressing on it yeah there's steelhead um on it there's i don't even some sort of uh grain yeah you know and you can always it's it's a chipotle-esque sort of method but you can tell them to keep something out but just let them do their thing because they're so well composed i've now had it Three or four times, and every time I've had a different bowl, and they're so so well composed. Wow! Yeah, I love it, and I love that they have hot bowls. So the hot bowls are doesn't mean everything is hot. Obviously, like your certain certain components are going to be warm, but that again, that mixture of textures and temperature, so well done. My favorite thing: they ask you um, light, medium, or heavy for your dressing. Oh, isn't that genius? Okay, how does this compare to? Crispin Green for you. It does not. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> Are you not a fan of Crispin Green? I, and it's okay if you're not. So I'm just going to be fair. Yeah. I haven't had Crispin Green in probably five years. Oh, really? Okay. But I don't remember loving it as much as I've been obsessed with, with Sweet, Sweet Green. Green. We were, I was out in a diner last week and that was just beelined it out there. And they're, you know, they're learning people, be patient with them. They still have to read the little, sure. Cause you know, there's a hundred things that go into each bowl. Yeah. So be patient. And they're doing great. They have their own branded um, teas, iced teas, too, in a bottle. They're really good. I have I yet it. to go out there. And I will say, like, I've just been a Crispin Green. Loop too. Yeah. yeah. I've been a Crispin Green girl because it's just been the closest things sure, to me. And, I, and mm-hmm. compared to, like, some of the others, I thought that was great. Now, I know that Crispin Green is modeled on Sweet Green. I mean, they're very much the same idea. Uh, yeah, I didn't know which came first. Oh, well, Sweet Green came first. Sweet Green kind of like helped define the category okay. nationally. Oh, well, that makes sense. Then yeah. no wonder I'm excited They're, about it. Yeah, okay. they like started in Georgetown in like 2009 or something Okay, like you that. know way more than yeah. I do. Nope. And so they're like so they're, they basically created the category and then I think a lot of like locals of course, if you're like, well, you're out in Washington, I'm going to do this here. Right. That's the way that capitalism works. That's great. Yeah. And so I don't mind and I've liked Crispin Green, but I haven't I've I haven't really gotten over to Sweet Green yet. So yeah. I'm going to the Galleria for Holly Go Fabulous later this month. So I'm going okay. to go there. And something about their hiring practices, every single person, I don't know if they just treat their employees really well, every single person, including the staff in L.A. and Beverly Hills, just the nicest, jolliest, they're talking back and forth. It's hmm. just a pleasant experience all the way around. Okay. 10 out of 10. Okay, 10 out of 10. I like that. All right, so my second one for uh, Top 2 and Hour 2 is going to be, um, I just got to let you know that Simplest... You know, S-I-M-P-L-S. We've talked about on the show about their soups because they have a huge, they used to be a little all natural Mm -hmm. place in the, in the skyway in Minneapolis. And my offices when we worked downtown was like one building over. 
And so we always used to go in there and get good soups or we get kombucha on tap. The only place in the Skyway that was like that. Well, they've obviously left the Skyway, (laughs) as has everyone. And they are doing now, uh, they have kind of a soup, uh, they have a soup subscription. But they're now doing more of a delivery thing, too. So they kind of want to be. So I met the guys, Ryan, and I'm going to have them on the show later this, uh, maybe next month, about the fact that they are doing hot dishes. Like, they want to be the Schwann's. They want to be Schwann's meets Patagonia. They are all about giving back. They're all about supporting sustainability. They're all about Kernza and like promoting the right kind of farming and growth. And I'm really impressed with them. And it's delicious. So I had a Kernza hot dish. And then I had this sort of regular traditional hot dish that just had squash and corn and grass-fed beef. And it was delicious. And you can buy them in these tins and they'll deliver them to you. And it's just, isn't it just the best feeling when you know your money is going to good places like that? I swear it tastes better. Yeah, I think it does. And I think that they have like frozen pizzas. They've Mm -hmm. got, you know, all sorts of things and they've got soups. And I also, and they're selling their soups at uh, Kieran's Kitchen, you know, at, at, yeah, Kieran's Kitchen um, at the food building. building, Yeah. And they've also got, you know, they've got frozen pizzas and stuff there. But the soups, I I grabbed, um, I grabbed, uh, wild rice and ham and now it's just in my freezer and then i scooped half of it out then it's like it was such a great it was so nice to have a soup that i could quickly heat up that i knew was really right healthy and was delicious right right so yes here's a shout oh, out to simplest on that well now i'm excited about that okay what's your other one so did you know that thursday was national sandwich day no did you celebrate i would i should I should have i know uh, you know i did not know that but and i was you know on, on bed rest yes so, I am really, really excited about Clancy's new location. Mm-hmm. I was there a couple of weeks ago, right before they closed. They, well, you know, the transition. Yeah. I, we talked to them. They were excited and breakfast sandwiches, two words, breakfast sandwiches, people. And you can sit down. It's going to be amazing. I've not been, full disclosure, I've not been very, very excited. Um, this is kind of my first day back out in the world and yeah, I'm you're gonna just go. really really excited to hit that hopefully next week okay next time you come on the show let's have you do a roundup of breakfast sandwiches oh that's yes. an assignment got it on it, it. Is. okay I love it and Clancy's is now in the old Grand Cafe space is that's the important speaking part speaking of Jamie alone yeah speaking of Jamie alone right well she's not a part of it but she, no no, no sorry her yes her old space her old space right, right. All right, I love it. There you go, you guys. There's your top twos and our twos. We are going to take a quick break. We come back. We have two interesting things to talk about. One, we are going to talk about Julie Powell. And two, we're going to talk about some interesting seat fees we have to have a discussion about. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Knob Creek. All right, kids, we are back. And we are going to talk to you about, first of all, I want to talk about Julie Powell. And I want to talk about the fact that this is a woman who she passed away this week at the age of 49, which is way too young. And Julie Powell, if you guys, many of you remember her as uh, the person who wrote the book, The Julie and Julia Project. And what what is more significant, if you have read any of the obituaries or any of the tributes to her over the last couple of, you know, days, what's most significant and the thing that I want to call out is that we really owe food blogging today owes her the debt of gratitude. She is the one who broke through and said she's going to do a blog and then write about food on the blog and then created 
a, a space for people to come along with her on the journey, which is really what all food writing, especially in the digital sphere, is. 100%. It is 100% a way for us to all be at the table together. And the digital world has opened that up, but nobody really proved that until she did. And what she did, her original blog was, you know, she was working in New York after 9-11, and it was a way for her to find, she was having a very hard emotional time, as many in New York were. <laughs> and so as a way to find a connection to the world again and to something personal, she started cooking from Julia Child's cookbook. And she set herself a boundary, and she said, I'm going to cook all re- every recipe in the classic tome, Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And she did it, and she... And everybody was along for the journey and she got attention from Judith Jones and she got into the New York Times and that started. And then, of course, what happened is she got a book deal and then she turned it into a book deal and then she got a movie. And and most of us have the feelings about the movie in terms of like the Meryl Streep, Julia Child's character was much more captivating than the Amy Adams character, which was, of course, based on Julie Powell. Of course. But nonetheless, when we separate that out, you have to really respect the fact that this is. This happened like like you were saying on the break, like Molly Ye and, you know, even Amy Thielen and everybody else right. like who do digital cooking, you know, who have a life on the Food Network and everything else that all comes from the fact that, you know, Julie right. Powell said that. And how relevant now we're all sort of living in that same space where yeah. where we were all stuck in our houses. We're all sad. We're all, you know, global trauma and so many of us turned to cooking and so many of us turned to these personal challenges, whether it was, you know, a hundred sit-ups in 30 days, or I'm going to go through this particular cookbook. Yeah. We all at least pretended to be doing that. (laughs) Yeah. If you looked at social media during COVID and that was that we're sort of in that cycle again. Yeah. And, and I think it's the idea that we get very frustrated with social media right now. We get very frustrated with the digital world. I mean, there's, I mean, every day someone, Every second I see another tweet that says they're quitting Twitter. And I'm not quitting it just because I like to connect with dishers while, you know, we're sitting here doing this on Saturday mornings and Twitter is the best place for that. And so, you know, it's an easy place for that. And so, but I see that people are quitting it because they feel like it doesn't, there's no good there and there's problems and there's all this angst around it. And I will say that the thing is that we forget is that it does connect people. Absolutely. And that it can be good. And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating Twitter or anything, but I'm saying Julie Powell started cooking for herself, for her own self, and she found she needed a place to put her thoughts and feelings. And then other people needed to find someone else who was feeling and thinking the same way that they were to help them feel like they weren't alone in the world. And Julie Powell helped create that idea with food, which is the best way to connect to people. Right. And think about how often when you've been feeling lonely in the last three years, you just put anything in nowadays it's a hundred percent it's so different yeah you could put in anything people who like quinoa and boom <laughs> you would get blogs and blogs and blogs there's it's so saturated yeah but that also means that the information is out there the connections are out there if you yeah. just want to reach out you know uh, travel vloggers and food vloggers that whole lifestyle yeah arena it's really it is all about connection and engaging you're all sitting at home in your living room right literally can't leave the house and you're people to people like it didn't like you didn't have to go through a process of being vetted by someone you're just cooking and that's i think when we think about food blogs and we really when you take a step back 
and you really think about what this is, you know, it's people cooking and with each other and putting their stuff out there. And, and the people who get cookbooks and everything else that come from it, I always think, great, good, good job. For you. Yeah. yeah. Because basically it just shows, you know, that the talent is out there and it doesn't, you don't need to have like a publishing house in New York decide that you're good enough to for other people right the people get to decide that you're good enough for other people right i remember the pushback in the beginning yeah. of the the people that have been writing forever and maybe they have the degrees in writing and here comes these upstarts upstarts but good for her and yeah sadly sadly yeah and it was a tragic and, it was a try and she struggled with you know what happened to her blog and then her book and the movie and the way that you know, she was received. I mean, and that's just the struggles of that, of a new medium and a new process and a new, a new way of speaking. That's what right. that was. And she Sharing. struggled with that. Right. And I, I can't imagine what that must have been like to see someone portraying yourself on screen and, you know, right. and not being like, that's not me. And that was, this was so personal. And that was never her goal. Her no! goal was to share and connect and engage. Right. And yeah. then it just became bigger than, but would you say no to a movie deal? Yeah, Nobody no, no, no. would. No. And she wanted to be a writer. Right. You know what I mean? And she did right. write another book called Cleaving afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it was a little darker, a little more angry. And I think that that's also Hence the name. Yeah. And it was about her affairs and her husband's affairs. And oh, it was geez. just, yeah. And butchery, you okay. know what I mean? And oh. so there was, you know, and it's like how you don't, sometimes maybe you don't know where you fit in all this thing that you're creating. And I think, I don't know, but I I appreciated the work that she did. And I appreciate the way that she opened the world up to so many more voices. Yeah. So there's that. All right. So we wanted to go on to another topic quickly because we there's there's kind of a I know that we have a moratorium on holiday Christmas type stuff before the feast season. But I'm going to open up to a couple of things because we do have Karen Tomlinson calling in in the next or talking in the next session. But first of all, we want to talk about. Psycho Susie's is doing yeah. a Christmas bar, and so they've got their Mary's Christmas mm-hmm. Palace, and it's interesting that she's doing. So there's no servers there. There's no servers. So you, but your reservation to, to is they're using a seat fee yes. for the reservation, and so like if you want to guarantee yourself a seat at the Christmas bar, you have to make a reservation and pay six bucks. Yes, and feelings. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? I do not like it. And I, what I don't like about it is that it does not come out of your food bill at the end. A lot of people do this seat reservation and what? then they say like it's 20 bucks to reserve, but then yep. that goes towards your bill. And this- that's, and that's, that's been going on forever. forever. I remember being in Vegas 20 years ago yeah. and we lost money because we didn't make it to a dinner. Right. That's cool. That's, that's a, that's a way of fixing a problem. Yeah. There's no problem that's being fixed with this $6 fee that so then like you, you don't and I are going to go. It's just added to your bill. That's it. It's just another way of making money. And not that I fault anyone for that, but it's, I don't get what problem they're trying to fix. If what you're saying is that, well, you know, we have people not show up. Sure. Put 50 bucks on my card, but then give it back to me when I show up or put it towards my food bill. Okay. I like this. We're going to talk about this at the end of the show. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph March. I'm here with Alex Laudner. And Hello. we are so happy to be joined by Miss Karen Tomlinson of Muriel right now. Karen, are you there? I am. Hi. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, we want to kind of start the conversation with the fact that you just might have gotten a little bit of uh, ink that is a little bit lovely to see. Uh, let's just be yeah. level set that the Washington Post came out and reviewed you and tell us a little bit about what they said. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, well, that was a total surprise. I knew we're actually going to be in uh, their creative issue later this month. And I thought, you know, it didn't even enter my mind that they'd be reviewing us. So, yeah. um, but it was really incredible. Um, but yeah, Tom Sietzema, um wrote it and I think really nailed what we're about here at Muriel. And um, it was really, I mean, it was kind of an amazing article, I thought. Uh, let's just start with, I'm going to get, I'm, the, the, the headline is Minnesota chef Karen Tomlinson makes Midwest hospitality irresistible. And the opening line is, I mean, it's, I got to read it. Okay. So it says to understand what makes Muriel and St. Paul such a beguiling place to eat. You have to ask chef owner Karen Tomlinson about her youth in Minnesota, where Tomlinson spent time with her paternal grandparents in a farm town named Dassel population 1,462. And it's about, what I love is that he does fully connect and let's level set. Tom is a Minnesotan, right? I mean, he's from here. So he, under- he is, yeah. yeah. So he understands what that means to us, but also then ties yes. it and gives it this really great, you know, like context for that. This is part of who you are and what you do. Yeah. Yep. And I think, and you know, it's, I was just thinking about it this morning, even it's something that I really hope, even though yes, Muriel is based on and inspired by my specific experience and story. I hope that it's something that a lot of people can relate to, yeah. even if they didn't, you know, spend a lot of time in a in a tiny farm town in Minnesota. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's a story that I think is, I mean, for a lot of my life, I didn't think was that interesting necessarily. It just felt like normal, you yeah, know. Right. <laughs> and I think it just goes to show. And and how many other people feel that way about their their lives or their stories, you know? Right. And I just think. Sometimes it takes, I mean, not everyone has has had the luxury of having someone write about their life like that, but in the Washington, but, Washington Washington <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it just goes to show that sometimes what we think is normal is actually really special it's, and other people can relate to. And that actually ties into what we just were talking about, Julie Powell, you know, who wrote Julie and Julia Project and how that her taking her life and her feelings and her emotions and, and putting in packaging with food really mm-hmm. gives that an access to people. And I think it's the same thing with you, Karin, because, you know, the thing with Muriel is that, yes, you are, we all have this like feeling of grandparents' pies or a small town. A lot of us have this connection, but then to be able mm-hmm. to share it through your food is something that is something kind of special. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I I feel privileged to be able to do it. So let's talk about the fact that like, okay, can I, first of all, we're, we're going to talk about something special that you have going on um, later in the season. But what I want to know about you for Thanksgiving, especially, is there a dish that is like, you have to have every Thanksgiving on your table or is it like, are you up to changing everything all the time? I mean, I honestly, I'm pretty basic when it comes to Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like the classics. It's kind of the one time of year to eat a lot of those things yep. for me. Um, and for my family, it's often, you know, the turkey and other things. We've had a few Thanksgivings where life was just crazy and we had a pizza night or something. But I really do enjoy a good turkey and all the all the fixings. It's really nostalgic. It doesn't get in the way of conversation with family and that sort of thing. Um, but it just it feels right. So I don't know. I like I like the whole deal. Um, I probably will bring a pie to Thanksgiving and I'll probably do apple, <laughs> not pumpkin, not pumpkin, not do apple. Big, I'm not a big pumpkin pie, pie fan, but yeah, I was, I was going to ask, do you do all the cooking or is it one of those? Everybody brings a dish. <laughs> I, I wish I could say I did all the kip cooking. I did last year. Actually, I did a little Thanksgiving dinner. I wasn't able to join my family. So I did one here at Muriel for staff who weren't around family. 
Um, but this year I'm going to try to see my family and they, they've got it, they've got it covered. So, um, Spreadsheet like Steph has. Things, but it's potluck style. Nice. I, I as everybody intim- they they can't be intimidating because they're your family. Like that's the rule, right? That's, I mean, they can't be yeah, like, that is the rule. Ooh, Washington <laughs> Post, you know, star chef Karen Tomlinson. You know, it's like, no, this is just Karen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Now, one of the things about the feast and everything else that we love, this is the beginning of the feast season, but you and I want to talk about something that you're doing later in the season. So let's, I'm opening up, you know, my rule is normally we don't talk about it until after Thanksgiving, but I'm, I'm allowing it for you. So (laughs) I appreciate that rule. And I only have even begun this dialogue and opened up reservations because of planners in this world who want to coordinate things with families who might be traveling. Um, I'm certainly not one of them, though. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But there are many who I admire. So anyway, we're doing a couple Yuletide feasts in December. Um, It's, you know, for those of you who haven't been to Muriel, it's a really cozy, intimate, warm space. I think it's perfect for fun events like this. Um, And we'll have it, you know, our tasting menu, we have a lot of courses, and we talk a lot about our farmers and the ingredients and things like that. I want the focus of this feast to be more... Um, on conversation, people enjoying each other at tables. And so we're going to do a few more kind of family style items and we're really going to kick it kind of old world, old style on this. So um, we're getting some uh, geese from Pat from Wild Acres up in Pequot Lakes. He has amazing birds and we'll be having some of those. We'll even have maybe some unusual things like mutton but don't be afraid it'll be delicious oh my god i'm Um, excited talking a big leg here yeah um so it'll be it'll feel like you're kind of at a different time um and some other things probably some beef shank um and then just classic sides and yes because of my scandinavian roots i have to have lingonberries there will be lingonberries somewhere on the table of course i mean Um, naturally that's the first thing i picture when you start talking about it cranberry yeah (laughs) seriously anyway yeah, I think it'll be really fun. We're going to have, um, it'll be multi-course, but because it's family style, it'll you know, be hard to count exactly how many courses there are. Um, and some decadent treats at the end and a special cocktail list, um, festive beverages. Um, so yeah, how and, much in- uh, some special uh, dramatic readings too, if I, think, I may, well, if is, I may say. So. I think we can. I think we can let that out. I can think that we can tell everybody, okay. especially since dishers here know uh, have heard the tradition of me reading Bob Cratchit's feast um, yeah. on the radio. I'm going to be reading it at the dinner, so. It's going to be a dramatic reading. I'm going to look like an Edwardian Dickens. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't I'll think do I, the interpretive dance. I don't think I have any Dickensian <laughs> outfits, but I we are going to do a reading, so it's going to be great. I think yes. and fun. Um, okay, so Karen, talk about how much are tickets and where can we find them? Um, tickets are one fifteen, and you can find them on Talk Online. Okay. Um, so if everyone just goes to our website, MirielMN.com. Uh, you should be able to find them pretty easily there. And it's December 8th, 11th and the 18th, correct? Yep, that's right. Okay. And there's... and I will say uh, just really quick, yeah. um, because of sort of the family style nature of things and the way that we'll be preparing this feast, we won't be able to accommodate all dietary restrictions. Got unfortunately. it. Unfortunately, 
we try to do that, you know, for, for all of our normal services the best that we can. But um, this one will be a little bit different. But that being said, a lot of things will kind of just naturally be not in the dinner. So feel free to everyone can feel free to send us an email or call us about those. Questions. Yeah, Sunday nights. It, they're Sunday nights. That. Yeah, it's a I Sunday night dinner. And mm-hmm. I think that that's there's something about yeah. kind of doing a big, you know, family feast. Are you going to push tables together so it'll be like everybody's passing kind of a thing? I would like to do that, but we haven't actually, people started, um, before I, I thought of that, um, people started making reservations. So oh, right. <laughs> we'll have to follow up with those people and see if they're into that. Um, <laughs> but I think that, um, you never know in Minnesota. I'm, I'm into it, but, uh, so we'll see. But if either way, our, a restaurant is small enough that it will almost feel like you're it's true. <laughs> all together anyway. I will say it's that every time, yeah, no I've sat what, at the yeah. tables, I'm always having a conversation with the ladies next to me at their right. own table. So it right. kind of works exactly. like that. Anyway. Be at the bar and have a conversation with the people. It's inside. true. Yeah. I love that. Oh yeah, exactly. That's perfect. All right, Karin. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for you know putting on this very. I'm so excited for this feast, you guys. And it's like I said, I, this would be the only reason I would break my rule to not talk about Yuletide before Thanksgiving. <laughs> but this is it. So we're gonna put a link up to it on the show page, and um, and then we're, we're just gonna hopefully you guys can get a seat because dang, that's gonna be a good one. All right, Karen. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thank you much, and have a great Thanksgiving. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. It's been a fun day um, with Alex Laudner here as my Hello. co. Love it, hanging out in the chair with you. It's all good times. Let's come back to our seat question, because oh, I okay. wanted to know if anybody... Well, first of all, I just want to share some of the Facebook questions. Remember, our, you know, we have on the on the Facebook, uh, you know, are you planning to do something new or are you sticking to the old standards this year? I love the fact that Julie Carlson was like, we, we will never not make carrot souffle. Honestly, we just if we just made carrot souffle and stuffing, she'd be happy. And I was like, I need that recipe. I don't think I've ever made carrot souffle. Sounds amazing. Doesn't it? Feels like that's a great addition to a table, right? Because it's carrots. Souffle tends to be lighter, so like that'd be nice. Well, and carrots, right? Just no, not people. Yes, yeah. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, Anne is saying that she's all new this year. We're having steak. The eight-year-old grandson's request: broccoli salad, baked potato, and limoncello cheesecake. Just go on her own road. I love. How it. does the eight-year-old know about limoncello cheesecake? Uh, well, I don't. I think the That's steak is pretty cool. I think the steak is what the, oh, the eight-year-old. Was. I was going to be really <laughs> impressed. Um, Jamie says she's going tradi- traditional all the way. She's prepping it all ahead and putting it in the freezer for the big day because that's a really crazy week of work and it's hard to food prep. Um, so she's like, nice. I'm never going to give up on mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, green bean casserole, mac and cheese, gravy, and turkey and corn. So I love that. She's already thinking about it. Looks like people are mostly going back to uh, the traditional Thanksgiving. They said we, Katie said she likes to try a new side or whatever this year, but just feel like going back to the classic traditional meal and not having my guests bring anything. Oh, Katie. I'm with you, Katie, on the control thing, but. (laughs) As long as you admit that that's what it's about. Right. No. And I mean, I'm all good with that. I'm totally fine. So I love that. Um. So there it is. Yeah. So that's what we had on the Facebook's page today. Lovely. Um, so let's, but let's go back to what we were talking about with the seat reservation thing. I just kind of wanted to touch back on that. We had talked about the fact that at these Christmas bars, this one in particular, Psycho Susie's is doing Mary's Christmas Palace and they are charging a $6 seat reservation. Yes. And it doesn't go towards your bill. And I'm wondering as we get into the holiday season where 
let's be clear on something that their re- restaurants are busier right now than they have been in a long time. And I think it's because the hours are, sh- you know, sort of compacted. A lot of places aren't open Mondays and Tuesdays or there's definitely nobody's doing lunch. But I think people are out more because they want to be out more and because there's, you know, the pandemic kind of kept us all in and it feels like more people are out and about. <clears throat> so I'm wondering if they're using it as a way to, you know, sort of make it like weed out people who are maybe going to make reservations and then ditch. Yeah, but that can be done with like with right. just putting that amount on your credit card and having the part that. Right, I don't, you're right. I don't have a I don't have a problem with lack of service. You know, you were saying there's not servers. The QR code I, thing. I, that is all up to the restaurant. You know, I can choose if I if I insist on having a server, I'll just go to a different place. But it's the part that doesn't make sense to me is well, then that money then goes just in your pocket, which again, I do not. Yeah, you're not anyone to trying to make a buck, but. It's, it feels not gratuitous. A, it's not a feast. It, it, for you, it feels like, and you said this, and it makes sense to say this, it's like going to a movie, but you're paying for the right to go to pay to, to go to the movie. Correct. You, it's like going to the movie, having to pay this fee, and then paying the uh, the $18 for the t- And I get that. There's service fees on everything nowadays. I, I know. I just, concert tickets, right? Yeah. But the way at least it was written up yeah. just made it to me my first thought was oh well smart because people are constantly not showing up we were talking yeah. in a break about how that drives us crazy that yeah. people just think nothing of just not showing up for their reservation and not letting the restaurant know please do not do that don't do that but also that's what it sounded like and yeah. i thought oh how smart but then i thought you know what got me is it was a weirdly low amount like yeah a weird it was 5.99 yeah and i thought that's a weird amount to put to sort of weed out those people who aren't going to show up. True. If you're going to true because you're like you're going six bucks is a thing. You're like eh. right. If your goal is to weed out, do twenty dollars. Yeah, that's true. And then Make, like serious commitment to and it. And then if I if I came and ate yeah. at your restaurant and gave you more of my money, I don't yeah. understand. Then what well, did I just what, what what was I penalized for then? Right, right. So I think a lot of people are going in groups and and so then. They're, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it's an it's interesting a service fee. It's yeah, a service it's a service fee. fee, but it's, it's paid. It's paid no matter what. Like it's a service. And I guess it's a service fee, but it's paid on the front, which is weird. And that's a weird thing of like, and I actually don't know if they're having, they don't have servers. So you're not tipping because right. they're only, you're doing the QR code. Right. So it's just going to be straight food runners. Right. So, but I don't know if they have a tip line or not. I don't know about this. I might have to go and now have a moment to like feel how it feels, figure it out. And I know that service fees are have always been a sort of point of contention. What is it for? It's they don't confusing. explain what it's for. And I get that. It's but still then confusing. If that's really what it is. Call it that. It's not a seat fee. A seat fee makes it sound like this is so that you don't just bail on your reservation. Yeah. And if that's the case, then you should. That money should go elsewhere. If you show up, it should go towards your bill towards or it should bill. be the tip or something. The fact that you don't get that money going towards your bill is for the experience. A real point. Yeah. I don't know. for me. It's interesting. I'm, I'm interested in this and I feel like we should, I feel like we should kind of go and see what it feels like. Yeah. To I be probably there should and not have these strong feelings right. before I actually know well, what I'm talking about. But, and you know, psycho Susie's is not like they're afraid to like, you know, poke the bear a little bit for sure. They're definitely like to literally make things. Their thing. Yeah. I know. Literally poking the bear. <laughs> 
Uh, and so that's okay too. I th- I don't think that this is you know above you know below. Anybody whatever. can do anything, and then we have the right to decide if right, we're going to we, go for then it. Then we just talk about it. For that's sure. how that works. That's, for sure. That is for sure things. Um, all right, so what are some of the things that are happening around town or in uh, that we wanted to talk about, kind of like what's going on this weekend? It feels like this weekend is like a break after Halloween. It really does. I have to tell you that like, I seriously was like struggling to find events for the feed this week. I was like, what's going on, people? Well, they're recovering. for. Although, is Halloween a big restaurant thing? No, but no, I think but it's like a big party thing, right? right? right so right. then it was like all the breweries had something going yes. on. So everyone kind of was chill this week. Um, I will tell you that there's a lot of like the last, you know, the, we are switching to the indoor farmers markets. So Mill City is this week is in uh, the museum. Yeah. You know, the Bachmans have opened up their places in Maplewood and Eden Prairie. I think they both have uh, dinners or, or uh, things happening. Uh, this is this is fun for you, maybe. Did you know about the Taylor Swift rooftop brunch? I did. <laughs> At Axe Bridge Winery in North Loop. They yeah. are, and don't worry, the rooftop is inside. It's yes. an indoor rooftop. Yes. But it's a $45 ticket for bottomless mimosas and chicken and waffles boards. I saw that. Is I everything going to be a board now? Is everything going to be like well, a board? You know, if you look at TikTok, the parodies are fantastic. Oh, are they? Soup board or, oh, you know, yeah, a guacamole board. I saw that. That's disgusting. For your friends who you want, that you don't want them to stick around very long because <laughs> it's going to get brown. No, I, I get it. The Swifty thing is fun. I'm not a Swifty. I wouldn't. I'm not. You're but, not a Swifty. No. And plus, her age range is 14. For so the mimosas are going to be, I don't know, be curious. Yeah, but there's also are there a bunch of 25 year olds going to. I, I think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think so. And then I think a lot of, you know, some of the older. But cats. any of those, we were just talking, any of those kind of lively events that bring a group together, yeah. that gets us out of our house, especially as things get gray and cold. Absolutely. 100%. That sounds like such a fun idea. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Um, do you, did you see what uh, is happening um, at the Pantages on November 21st? Did not. And Kim is oh. having a discussion with Nigella. Oh, yes, right, right. I did see I that. I know. I feel like I might get tickets for that if I haven't. I haven't already. But. I well, I love and not a huge Nigella Lawson fan. Oh, but really? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it'd be a fascinating conversation. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I would totally. I guess. Yeah, I would go to this because I, I just. Go. I like. I've always thought Nigella's lusty sort of perspective on the world, not being a super. Yeah, she's lusty, man. She is yeah. like all about pleasures of you know food and, and yes and yes. putting yourself into the things and sort of like being yeah. a part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I've just always felt her. Her book, The Domestic Goddess, was one of my favorite baking books because yeah. it just was. I don't know. It felt really permissive. It felt like it was just open and, and yeah. there for you. I don't love how gender specific she tends to be. Oh, but does that's, she? Yeah, but that's okay. No, listen, it's all good. I would definitely try it. This is, this is the year of saying yes. <laughs> this is right. <laughs> this is right. I never watched any of her shows either. I have to be honest with that. I just really have loved her accent is going to be her, tough to. Yeah. The, the pleasures and principles of good food was that what book was really wonderful. And I, and I did her first book was how to eat. And I thought, I know, yeah. and it's the sort of, I just kind of always have adored her, but, um, so that's on the 21st, um, and then I'll let you know that there are, um, I don't know if you're into this, but there is a Ludifus dinner tonight. I am not going to participate, <laughs> but, I, but, um, I know that's a thing. I here. know it's a thing. Have mm-hmm. you never done a Ludifus dinner? I've never had Ludifus in any of its forms. Is there more than one form? I mean, not 
really? Is there is the pickled? That's a different thing. Yeah, it's cured. It's lye cured fish. Yeah, yeah. And no. so you know, the lutefisk uh, is dinner tonight at Minnehaha Communion Lutheran Church. It's an annual of thing. Of course it is. Of course, it's it should be at a church. Yes, I feel like if it's not at a church it. or like it. the Swedish Institute or you Lutheran, know what I mean? yeah, yes, it has to I be something it. like that. Isn't it like basically your entire plate is white, so it's going to be a potato? There are meatballs. Oh, a potato. Yeah. A white fish. Yeah, maybe. It's 20 bucks. Piece though. of bread. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. That's scary. No, you should check it off your list. You should go. No, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Alex. Thanks for everybody for listening in. Good luck. Ciao, ciao.